All right. Welcome to look. Welcome to Ruben Uncut. Today, it's time to talk about Lady Ballers. I was originally going to make an episode about the importance of Robin in Batman and Robin. But then I, uh, on a whim, was like, hey, I bet I could watch Lady Ballers illegally online for free. I can't tell you where to do that because I'm sure someone somewhere would have a problem with it. But it's not hard to find. For those of you that absolutely have to see the worst comedy of the year. Possibly the decade. I don't know. I haven't seen all the comedies. Comedy's pretty bad right now. There, there could be worse ones. So where do you begin? With a movie like Lady Ballard. Well, we can start at the beginning. I, I'm actually not even sure where to begin with this. So let's just talk about what Lady Ballers even is. So Lady Ballers is the new movie fresh out of The Daily Wire. Well, the best place to begin with in terms of the concept is that it's simply this. A team of basketball players, middle-aged white guys, figure that they can break back into the big leagues by forming a women's basketball team where they all claim to identify as transgender. That's the whole, that's the main concept. That's the main premise. In fact, arguably, there is just one big joke baked into the concept. The thing is, though, is that the film doesn't function as proper satire. What do I mean by it doesn't function as proper satire? We see satire is based on the truth. And Lady Ballers is based on a lie? Well, let's let's hear Ben Shapiro explain it to you himself. Approached me and you said we should make a fictional film about this topic. Now, to be fair, I think I'd actually suggested to the Crane Boys that they do this as a doc. Yes. I, I originally went to them and I said, you guys should like go try out for a bunch of ladies leagues. And that became not possible because, as it turns out, most ladies leagues don't allow in actual men. Birds. Men, and uh, they weren't willing to go the full distance <laughs> in terms of what it would require in order to, you know, the actual hormone treatments and everything to play in some of the ladies' uh, leagues. But in any case, it turned into this. So explain. So right there, Ben Shapiro admitted that the premise of this movie can't happen. Why? Because in order to play women's sports, trans athletes have to have undergone some level of chemical therapy. I'm sorry. Uh hormone therapy so i want you to let that sink into your brain as i get into what the movie is really about and i took notes i took notes for this because it's i'm trying to be professional <clears throat> so at the beginning of the movie now the beginning the very beginning of the movie i will point out is just structurally trash like its purpose in the movie is unclear and it sets up nothing. I mean, I guess it's supposed to be our introduction to the characters, right? So what do we see? We see them quickly play a game of basketball and we see them, they're losing, they go into the room and the coach gives them their little bullshit speech. And it's supposed to be very, oh, you remember this movie? It's like that movie, ha, 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 in the movies. Get it, ha, ha, in the movies. 
and uh, we meet the we meet the team there uh, in their uh, two dimensional characters, which is like either one too few dimensions or one too many dimensions, depending on the type of comedy the movie is trying to be. Because the major problem the movie has is that it does not know what type of comedy it is. I actually recently saw just a little bit of an interview with the director, and he compared it to Dodgeball. Tonally, he thinks it's Dodgeball. Unfortunately for him, it's not. Dodgeball is one of the greatest Ben Stiller movies ever made. Uh, you should not compare yourself to Dodgeball. It's a bad comparison. Because this is not like Dodgeball. It's not like dodgeball at all. Although that comparison does make a certain amount of sense with some of the choices they made. Except, of course, that Jeremy Boring, the director and writer and main star of the movie who plays the coach, uh, is, uh, is, not, is no Vince Vaughn. He, he is no Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn's a Republican. You couldn't get him to be in this movie? Well... Uh, Instead, you went with uh, untalented people. Okay, fair enough. Let's move on. So we're introduced to the team. Uh, it's an interesting team. We got Jerry Boring as the coach. And whoo, he lives up to his name of being boring. Then you got, and yes, I'm sure I'm not the first person who's made that joke about his name. I'm someone who's named after a sandwich. Uh, I feel like you live every day. Eventually, you get tired of hearing those jokes. But I don't care about Jeremy Boring's feelings because he doesn't give a shit about anything. <sighs> but he plays the coach. And he is surrounded by a team of, uh, let me tell you, Gander at this cast list so I don't fuck it up. On his team is Daniel Considine, uh, who plays Alex Cruz. Now, Alex Cruz has no real personality. He's the stand-in everyman character. Um, who at a certain point in the movie actually is trans, kind of. It, it's implied that he is, except the movie doesn't believe that trans people exist, so it also kind of says he's just confused. It, it, it's okay, because that's the, the extent of his personality. He has no real character development. He's just the good-looking one, except that even though he, he looks like a goblin, had a baby with, like, a really handsome quarterback. Because he looks normal, although his IMDb picture is very cop-coded, I will make note here. But then he has, like, goblin teeth. Uh, and as someone with fucked up teeth, I'm just here to let you know. Your teeth are fucked up. Film also stars David Cohn as David Cohn. David Cohn, I have no idea who he is or what he's done. But uh, he looks like a really tall Elon Musk impersonator. Uh, is how I would describe David Cohn. Not a good one, but if you see a picture of him, you, you, you get the idea of what I mean. Also, in the movie is Blaine Crane and Jake Crane. Uh, these characters, one-dimensional aspect, well, I guess they almost have two dimensions. They're used car salesmen as we meet them later in the future, but also uh, the, whole, the whole joke in there. I looked at this, the real thing. This can happen medically, but it's like when... When a woman has been impregnated by two separate men while, while already pregnant, they have twin, they essentially give birth to two babies who are, who have different fathers. Uh, apparently it's a real thing. It's not very common, but like the whole bit to their character is that that's who they are. There's a part in the movie that's almost funny where it implies that they have sex with women in the same room. 
Uh, they almost nail that joke. Doesn't they, they miss it? Like, whew, just almost, almost a full joke. Almost worked. Last member of their team is Ty is played by Tyler Fisher. His character is named Felix Van Vanwick. Uh, and uh, he, 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 his whole position in the in the in the movie is to be the, uh, the short guy that everyone makes fun of and is mean to. Except no, that's not fair. David Cohn is nice to him. And yes, yes, three of them are just using their real fucking names. What is this first session of beginners improv? You're using your real names? Jesus. <clears throat> Y'all just graduate from a level one second city class? What is this? And that's the foot, and that's the basketball team. It was we meet them in the beginning. They uh they get rallied and then they win the big game. And the movie thinks that this scene is somehow important for us to see, when what we really should see is how do, why is he a failure? Because as we enter into the real part of the movie, the part that's supposed to be taking place in the real time, we meet Jeremy Boring's character is now the coach of uh is now the coach of like some uh, community center basketball team. And uh, he's a loser. And the thing about it is, is that we never see the transition from him becoming, from him being a winner to being a loser. It's just like, oh, we're in the future now and it happened. Is there, was there a specific game that made him a loser? Nope, nope, nope. We're never gonna address it. He's just, now he's a loser. It's like, what what happened? Well, what happened? We're, it, you know, just careers, they fizzle out sometimes. That's just the way it goes. It's like, but what, but what fucking happened? The movie will never tell you. It doesn't matter. They're just gonna, the first scene establishes their characters, I guess, as incredibly simplistic as they are. Now, in the scene where he's coaching this community team, there's uh, there's a bit of, there's a, some racial humor. Ooh. Where he uh, tells the kids to stop stealing his catalytic, to not st he tells the kids to not steal his catalytic converter again, which is weird because in the very next scene we learn that he hasn't replaced his catalytic converter. What the fuck were they gonna steal? Which is like, <clears throat> is the type of weird like writing editing issues that are throughout the movie. There's so many moments where it's like, well, what. What 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 the what the what the fuck? Does reality not exist? Did no one go over this script to be like, by the way, this is goddamn nonsense. So either they stick. Well, let's get back to it. So the racial humor of it is he tells the kids not to steal his catalytic converter, and at the end of the and afterwards, this black kid steps up to him and is like. Hey, you shouldn't talk to us like that. It's racist or something. And then as the kid's walking away, he drops a reciprocal, a cordless reciprocal saw. You know, like the kind you need to steal a catalytic converter. And this is like a reverse Adam Sandler joke. I don't know if you're familiar with the racial humor of Adam Sandler jokes, but Adam Sandler does this thing. And actually, it's not bad in terms of how you do humor, but it was very common in the 90s also. It's this thing where you make it look like you're setting up a racism, and then you switch it around to be like, hey, white people, you just did a racism joke. This movie does it 
accidentally flips it back around. It's like, oh, you can't do that racist joke. Flipping it back around. Oh, the racism's true. Yeah, so it's like a reverse Adam Sandler race joke. Uh, so uh, Adam's, I'm not going to lie, I'm not a big Adam Sandler fan, but Adam Sandler's right here in terms of how to structure a joke, and you're wrong. Because <sighs> yours is just racist. Now, the, the guy gets fired from the community center for being racist. And he ends up, go and he goes back to this restaurant place that he was once told he could always come back to work at. Finds out it went out of business like six months after he left it. And now it's a drag brunch place. They don't actually use the words drag brunch. That just appears to be what it is because it's a diner with drag servers. Where he runs back into Alex being a drag server. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, they end up working there. He finds out that Alex is still, you know, somewhat skilled at uh, physically as an athlete. Oh, wait, but I forgot. We also got to talk about Jeremy meeting. We got to make talk about Jeremy boring or his name is Coach Rob Gibson. But we got to talk about this. Coach Rob, he has a wife and daughter. Well, ex-wife and daughter. Well, I mean, you can't have an ex-daughter. He's got an ex-wife and a daughter. You, you understand what I'm saying. But anyways, we see him picking up his daughter in his busted-ass car with no catalytic converter, which, hey, at least conservatives are admitting that catalytic converters do something now. That's progress, right? That's progress. But anyways, oh, and there's a joke about masks in there because, you know, that shit's going to be totally relevant in five more years uh, or whatever. But his daughter, played by Rosie Seraphin Harper, who plays Winnie Gibson, it, her name almost feels like there's a joke in there, but it's never really addressed or talked about. But essentially, she gets in the car and starts talking about how uh, Mary what was it mary beth or something mary margaret uh showed her her penis uh in the bathroom and like the whole joke oh mary margaret is trans kid Ooh, they're showing everyone their penis Ooh, and the dad's all like oh that's weird and the girl's like oh you're transphobic now remember that because that's important the girl is very set into the concept that trans people are are valid okay in the girl's mind, this is true. And part of the reason she believes this isn't, ju isn't just the school, but also because her new stepdad, her mother's lover, Chris Dilby, played by, I shit you not, Matt Walsh in a ponytail wig, pretending to be a goddamn hippie, uh, is... is is this woman's new lover and it's it, which is what he refers to it as and he is a very woke gentleman and in fact when we pull up to his house uh when we pull up to their house we see uh i gotta show you this 
this sign, the, this these sets of signs. And there's the this joke is is fascinating to me because it gives a very interesting insight into what conservatives think about people on on the left. First up, in this house, we believe crickets are delicious. I don't know who's eating crickets. I don't know any leftists who are out here going, yeah, you should, eat, you should be eating some crickets. I don't know any liberals out here saying we should be eating crickets. I don't know like where he's getting this. I, I, don't be wrong. I'm aware that they make bug-based food nowadays because the protein, because protein-based foods are all the rage with keto and whatnot. But like crickets are not part of a liberal or or left-wing agenda. This is like I've I've eaten bugs for content, and it is they are not good, They're not good. Also, eating bugs is not considered vegan. Uh, so just a fun fact: not considered vegan. And then it says silence is violence, which is true. Uh, what does that mean? Well, it, it it's contextual, but essentially, if you see some, if you see an act of violence and you say nothing, then you are contributing to violence. That's what that means. But then it says, but we believe speech is also violence. Now, this, of course, is a misunderstanding of context and they're switching things around to try and conflate ideas. No one is illegal, but Europeans coming to America was bad. Once again, weird argument. Uh, Weird argument. Like, prescriptively, yeah, Europeans coming here, they did a lot of fucked up bad shit when they came here, okay? They didn't just immigrate to America. They fucking conquered, murdered, and just dominated America. There wasn't... It's not like Mexicans or anyone else immigrating to America now. It was a very different situation. We're not going to let like a bunch of people who just moved to America from like Canada, like suddenly just start pushing other people out with guns. That's not, that's not gonna be a thing. Guns don't kill people, white people kill people. But also guns kill people. Like this is just, nah, what are you doing? Trans rights are human rights, true. Feelings don't care about your facts. Listen, I have never met, almost every time I've ever talked to conservative, they are always arguing with their feelings. I don't know any conservatives who are bringing facts these days. Whenever I look into things that conservatives bring out, uh, like it's always something, it's always nothing. It's always like you, look, you read it and you're like, oh, you're either being dishonest or you're an idiot who can't read right. <laughs> Pride month is every month. I don't even know if gay people think that. Uh, social credit scores matter. No, like, first of all, social credit scores are a form of authoritarian meritocracy. I don't know anyone who supports that. Uh, in exclusive, in exclusive inclusion, in exclusive inclusion. That's just hard to say. The earth is literally going to burst into flame any day. So that's the type of, by the way, this in the movie, this these signs go by really fast. Uh, and hats off to you if you actually manage to read every single one of joke. Uh, 
air quotes there that before it left the screen, if you watch the movie. I don't recommend watching the movie. However, when he drops his daughter off, he learns about a weird sort of triathlon thing with multiple events. It, it, this is a sporting event that is not clearly defined. Like, is it a community event? Is it like an actual sporting event? It seems to be amateur. What's going on? But the hippie dude wants, wants him to train him for this athletic event, which, by the way, we never see him competing in. Like, he's, we don't see him competing. We're told he's competing, but we never see him competing. I guess it doesn't matter. But so instead, Coach Rob is like, wait a minute, I'm going to get my buddy Alex. I bet I could train him to win this $5,000 prize, which also it's confusing how the prize works. Like do, there's multiple events. Like, do you have to, how many events do you have to win to get the prize? It, it doesn't make sense. None of it makes sense. They, if you told me that the people who made this had never seen sports, I would believe you. But anyways, Alex shows up with his wig still on from his drag thing, and they try and get in, and they're told that the men's uh, division is full. And uh, But then they see Alex, and they think, oh, it's a trans woman, and they're like, we're so sorry. Please, please, go on. We'll even waive the fee. Just go on in there and, and participate, which is, is not... Now, to be fair, it's very unclear what level of professionalism this Olymp this sporting event even is. So I can't really comment on how likely they would be to even let a trans person in without evidence they've been doing hormone therapy, which is required in the professional leagues. And actually, I doubt the Crane brothers were trying to get into professional leagues, so they probably... We're trying. I, I don't know. The point is, is that the standard would not allow for the event that is the juxtaposition of this entire movie to happen. And, and I showed you a video of Ben Shapiro admitting that. So the movie is based on bullshit. Like this, like the fact that that occurred means this concern is meaningless. Let's move on. So Alex, of course, gets in there and the coach tells him beforehand, no, you're going to win because any man can beat even a well-trained seasoned athlete of a woman at sports. And like, that's fucking bullshit. Like, okay, so I looked up some numbers and like women's marathon running which is what the sport I thought they were doing until like the movie went on. And I was like, oh no, it's like a triathlon thing with multiple events. It's not clear. It's not good. They don't explain it well at all. And here's a fun fact. The top 10 women would statistically still beat like the next. Okay. So the top 10 men would beat the, the top 10 women, but the top 10 women's numbers are still in line with beating most of like the second half of the top 20 men. Like the numbers are not that far off between men and women. Men do have the advantage, but there are still plenty of men that women can beat or have beaten in terms of running and stuff. 
Uh, in fact, science now realizes that estrogen helps you run for longer because it helps with muscle recovery. Yes, testosterone helps you build bigger, stronger muscles, but estrogen helps your muscles recover faster, which is why we now believe that there was probably actually more women hunters because this would have aided them in running down prey. There's actually a lot more evidence than this, but I'm not here to talk about women cavemen. Cave women? Cave people. Let's get back to this. Where was I? Right. Someone makes this incredibly demeaning claim about athletes and women with no real understanding of female athleticism and a basic misunderstanding that even a middle-aged white man with no training could beat a woman is just... If you believe that, I want you to take your testicles out, put them on the lap, put them in the, on your laptop, and then slam the laptop on your testicles. Because you don't know how statistics work, and you don't understand physiology or even sports. And I'm not an expert on any of these. And I've done the bare minimum research to understand these things about them. Let's move on. So he cleans up. He wins. They win a they win $5,000, most of which, of course, Rob cons Alex out of. While they're in the bar, though, they are met by a journalist who covered the event for some reason. Like, once again, the level of athletic sporting that it is is never clear. Like, we, we clearly have amateurs participating, but it somehow gets national coverage. We have amateurs competing, but it somehow gets national coverage when a when a trans woman wins, which may actually be the only slightly real part, actually, is because, I don't know if you're aware of this, but the news only ever covers when trans women win, and it never covers when they lose. Because, believe it or not, sometimes you know, trans women lose. But let's continue. So they meet the journalist who they proceed to just make tons of jokes about how journalists are the worst, which is a little weird because my understanding was that the Daily Wire considers itself journalism. Are you? Let's be honest. You're not real journalists. You're just propaganda mouthpieces. Let's be real. Let's be real. Where were we? Yeah, let's get back to the movie. <sighs> so the journalist essentially helps set him up to be like, hey, this is how we're, we're I, you're going to make, you're going to, you're going to do some fake trans women into sports. And I'm going to make a news about how, oh, it's inspirational, these trans women winning. And uh, we're going to make money together. And then also because Jeremy Boring wrote and directed it, this uh, this journalist lady who I believe is played by Billy Ray Brandt, uh, of course, wants to, is very sexual towards him, including doing things like making out with him and licking his face and having scenes where it's implied that like they've had kinky weird sex, even though later in the movie it's revealed that they never actually had kinky weird sex. She would just like tie him up and torture him him with the idea that it would eventually lead to sex. I 
we'll come back to that. But anyways, so he sets about getting the team back together from back in the day. And uh, this is where we bring in, this is where we bring back in the football, the, the basketball team. Apparently they previously had a black guy on the team who I do not remember from the intro. I do not remember seeing a black guy on their team. They mentioned having a black guy and they even mentioned it like that would make their team better to have a black guy because the movie, the movie is very um, biological, biological essentialism is just going throughout the movie even in ways that you wouldn't even initially it like sets up a hierarchy men are better than women men are better than women at sports black dudes are better than white dudes at sports blah 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 biological essentialism no understanding of the concept of individualism or even curves uh mathematical curves in terms of ability or spectrum it's it's just <sighs> annoying is what it is but where was i right so they go to get the team back together and of course uh, we got the twins who are used car salesmen this this segment features a almost ari aster style shot in it which is interesting because a there's no reason for it like there's no like why what what are we setting up with this shot but also because so much in the movie's cinematography is just like very uninspired. But every once in a while, there'll be this shot where they're like ripping off or ripping off a shot from something else. And it's like, oh, that kind of looks like a fucking movie. But like, why an Ari Aster style shot right here? It doesn't really make sense, but it's also not important. Let's continue. Uh, so they get the twins back on board after having to suffer through seeing their weird twin man cave thing uh, where they apparently supposedly bone ladies together, although it's also implied that they're not successfully boning ladies. It's very like the movie's reality is so goddamn fluid. You think the movie was gender fluid. I'm sorry. That joke was bad. I'm sorry. Let's move on. So they get... The they get the twins, and then they go to get uh, David Cohn's character, who is oh my god. Who the the basic idea is that it's like a like Rocky Three or like one of those movies where he's the one who's ended up isolated out in the wilderness dealing with like PTSD and like laying traps everywhere that could potentially kill people. And there's even a sequence where, like, they show us from his perspective watching them with, like, the predator-like view, like, you know, the 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 heat thing. But, like, he's not, he's not wearing heat, he's not wearing any type of goggles that would do that. It's just, it's just to make you think about predator. Like, oh, my God. What a, that is some basic bitch comedy writing, okay? Like, you, like basic bitch like right up the gate basic bitch comedy writing like oh the reference see everyone the reference that is good enough for a joke the reference alone <sighs> fuck then then we find out that david cohn's david cohn's character's ptsd 
is because he was going to be a professional superstar basketball player. But then in the middle of one game, he got psyched out by the other team's Badger mascot because the Badger is just humping the air. And like he stops to stare at it and like he can't stop staring at it. And he's like, what is he humping? And like, how, how is like, it's clearly, clearly this thing has traumatized him because the, the sequence ends and this is never tied up. They never tell you what happens to this guy, but that the sequence ends with him. Like after he agrees to go play basketball with them, we go back down to his basement and well, no, actually, it's before he agrees. The reason he agrees, he goes down into his basement and he finds where he's been having the Badger mascot captured in his basement this whole time and torturing him or something. Uh, and like, it's never addressed. We never know, find out what happened to that guy. It's basically implied that he has just been left there in that basement for the entirety of the rest of the movie. He's probably dead. Uh yeah, but David Cohen's character comes out, and there's an explosion, and the scene just kind of ends. And, and so they realize the black guy is, I think the black guy, they imply that the black teammate is, is dead or something. I can't remember, because I don't even remember him being in the movie. And so they end up going to get the towel boy, who it seems like the whole idea is that everyone's really mean to him and hates him, but except for David Cohn's character, who is nice to him for some reason. And they they go to him, and it turns out he's super rich now, like super wealthy. I guess, you know, it's, wait, is this the Ben Shapiro insert character? Is that the idea? Was Is this about how Ben Shapiro was like a picked on nerd in college, and then he grows up and he's like, oh, I'm a billionaire now. I don't think Ben Shapiro's a billionaire. He, he's just probably moderately well off. And so Tyler, uh, what's his face? The guy who plays Felix, Tyler Fisher, who I've heard used to be funny and then co and then apparently lockdown fucked his brain. Uh, but uh, I, I have no real evidence for that. But anyways, he's... I've heard a number of people say that he is playing the uh, Steven Crowder character in the movie. And by that, they mean effeminate, which is which is an interesting comparison uh, on Steven Crowder there. I guess it's because Steven Crowder likes to play drag and, and, and gay characters a lot. It's just so stupid. It's just so stupid. It's just all incredibly so stupid. And I understand that to a certain extent, that's what the movie is going for. The movie is going for dumb comedy. Well, let me, let's, let's continue along with this travesty. Check my notes here. Oh, I almost forgot to say this. The movie misrepresents the reason that there are separate uh, sports, uh, that sports are separated by gender. Um, it's actually a uh, fun fact. It's not to make things fairer to women. When most sports were created, people didn't give a shit about that. That's how the movie wants to present it to you. But the reality is, is that the real reason that women's and men's sports were separated was because women started to win things. Now, to be fair, those things were like figure skating and, uh, and, and tennis. <clears throat> These are apparently sports it's not uncommon for women to beat men at. However, because of this, men decided 
that no man needs to be beaten by a woman. And the less likely it is for a sport where, to be where a woman could win it, the more embarrassing it will be for a man. So they decided to start separating out gendered uh, sports so that no man would ever be beaten by a woman. That's what actually happened, as opposed to the description in this movie where they suggest that it was to give women a space. The majority of history has been women saying, hey, why can't I get into this space? Not women saying, hey, where's my space, homies? Oh, right, it's in that red tent you made for me. Women don't benefit from having their own spaces. Oh, oh, women having their own spaces were created by men to keep women out of their spaces. Major misunderstanding. What I wrote for the Badger flashback in my notes was the Badger trauma flashback is dumber than I can even believe. Oh, right. So get this, get this. There's just a full on ad in the middle of the movie. Just like, full, not, like not even product placement, like full on advertisement in the middle of the movie where they just start shilling this like razor blade company. And I looked it up, they're a real fucking company. So it's not a joke. It's not a joke about product placement. It is legitimately an ad in the movie. They legitimately got money to put that in. No way they didn't. There's also a very forced Epstein Island joke in the movie where, where like a guy goes to body slam one of the other teammates and he's like through a table and he's like, you just got to Epstein Island and you know too much. And he slams it. And it's like, how many of these jokes are just going to be virtue signals? <laughs> how many of these jokes are just going to be like, hey, yeah, the conservative memes, get him out there. The scene, uh, this, this of course takes place when they, the team is getting together at, uh, at Felix's house in his, recreated basketball court he made just in case his bros ever come by and they finally have the movie makes almost no commentary on men trying to capture their relived glory which is an interesting omission here we have the 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 journalist lady comes in and she's and she blows a whistle to get everyone's attention and the coach goes Oh, you have a you have a coach whistle. That's funny. Why? Why is it funny? Why, why is it funny for a woman to have a coach whistle? She responds by saying it's a rape whistle. And he says, that's not funny. Which is almost the funniest line in the movie, except it's why is it funny for a woman to have a coach whistle? Anyone can have a coach whistle. There are women coaches. The movie is aware of that, right? I mean, what the fuck? Another thing is that, that every there's a constant running gag of everyone fat shaving David Cohn, which is weird for a number of reasons, not the least of which is not fat. He's not fat. He's not a fat guy. Doesn't look fat in the movie. He makes a line and even says in the movie one time, I only gained three pounds and everyone just keeps fat shaming him because that's a joke, I guess. In the same sequence, they already have jerseys. Like, they already have jerseys. Why do they already have jerseys? They just got to Felix's house. 
has time passed and the movie has forgotten to tell us about it? Like, seriously, the passage of time in this movie makes no sense. Like, at any point, does it make any sense? Like, it just doesn't. Time in this movie is a construct. Like, it's not like a Christopher Nolan movie, where, like, halfway through the movie, you realize there's some really obscure thing that's happening in the movie that allows you to track time. No. There's just... Just none of it makes sense time-wise. Once again, zero... Who edited this? Who edited the script? No, the answer is no one. The answer is no one. No one edited this fucking script, is what I'm saying. At this point, the little girl comes in and has to explain to them all how the whole transgender thing works. And there's a lot of commentary here about you were always a girl, you were always a boy, gender fluid, all these things. And I'm going to be honest with you, the scene is very telling because it doesn't feel like it explains anything properly or well at all. And I'm not even an expert. So they end up going into their first basketball game as women against women. And this is where we meet Ben Shapiro. He is the coach. Quick edit. I said coach, but I meant to say referee. Uh, ben Shapiro is a referee. And it's at this moment that we realize how full of shit the movie is. Because during their first basketball game, Ben Shapiro uses the world, uses the movie's two F-bombs. And they're both bleeped out. I'm sorry, but the most triggering movie of the year is afraid to say fuck? Are you, are you, what? Who is this movie for? Like, are, do you think people are watching this with their kids? I would not, kids shouldn't be watching this movie. It's, a, it's not appropriate for kids. Like, none of it is. Like, by conservatives' own logic, the movie is not appropriate for children. It features drag. And you're afraid to say fuck? I mean, I guess I should just be glad the movie has no slurs in it. Because it doesn't. They weren't brave enough to pull the slur trigger. In fact, the movie never fully crosses the line into being rated R. It pushes the raunch as far as it thinks it can, but there's no nudity. There's no aggressive. There's not a ton of swear words. There's a bunch of raunchy jokes. But the movie never really pushes any boundaries. It never goes for anything that could be described as truly offensive beyond its core premise. In fact, the core premise there are only two things about the movie that are truly offensive. One, the core premise and the idea that, that it's sneaking in there, which is that allowing trans athletes to participate in sports will be some type of freakish loophole for creepy men who just want to win to sneak into women's sports, which as we already know from the, tr from the commentary by Ben Shapiro is not possible. Because the average man does not have the commitment to do things like take a bunch of hormones and chop off their dick for the simple purposes of being able to play a sport for half the money for less than a quarter of the audience. Which, by the way, is another joke that occurs in here, which is that as soon as the 
the women's basketball game begins, the stadium is basically empty, except for people who fell asleep waiting for the from the previous game. But then they start to win and play like men, and suddenly the basketball court is full of people. Just absolutely full of people. Oh, I almost forgot the other thing that is most offensive about the movie. The misogyny. Like, you think this movie is going to shit on trans people, and it kind of does. But ultimately, what it does about trans people, besides misrepresent how being trans works, is just working further the propaganda idea about the loophole and the women and the men cheating at women's sports. But what the movie really, really seems to relish in the entire time is shitting on women. The whole movie is shitting on women, just constantly from beginning to end, shitting on women. The movie portrays women terribly. And essentially, the core concept, the whole concept is that women are not good at things. And we just let them do sports for funsies, which raises the question of why is it a big deal if you erase cis women from, from, tra- from sports with trans women? It, 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 at every point, the movie shits on women's sports to only say, we got to protect women's sports even though they're garbage and trash and women athletes aren't real athletes. Like it's, it doesn't, like their their worldview is so incoherent. Like if you hate women's sports so much, why are you trying to save them? If you think that women are better at just being moms, why are you trying to save women's sport? It doesn't make sense. Like, Philosophically, it does not make coherent sense. But back to that, but back to the game. So it's just bad because none of the games, none of the sports throughout the movie have a real sense of momentum because they're literally just montages of random shots, just montage bits. Okay. Oh, I almost forgot to mention this. The movie has a quote unquote parody soundtrack. And by this, what we can say is that, like, yes, the music does indeed sound like the era of music that you are trying to sound like in an almost South Park-esque way, except you forgot the part where South Park songs are funny and none of your songs are funny. Like, it's kind of like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, okay, I'm waiting for the, I'm waiting for the punchline. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for it. Oh, the song's over. It, it, okay, it was never got funny. The song never got funny. Okay, fair enough. It's so bad. The idea that the, the basketball stadium fills up with people uh, mid-game also just because the journalists started posting it online and people were like, oh, brave, stunning. And then they all came, and then people just came in off the streets. And there's even a part where one guy's like, Yeah, what I'm watching this is like I'm watching men play basketball. And it's like, Oh my God. Oh. Game ends, and they go back to the locker room where there's a major virtue signal when the, uh, the journalist mentions that she wants him to put a baby in her so she can have an abortion this year. 
and uh, one of the one of the basketball players like ju- like makes a judgy comment saying you're a monster and which to be fair that's an irresponsible way to view abortion and it's also a way that mostly just conservatives think that people use abortion it's not not most most abortions are not that just letting you know i know you want us to think that but most abortions are not that but the reason i bring this up is because just moments later they the the movie make attempts to make a statement on where mocking the virtue economy even though so much of this movie and like even in that like in that scene they virtue signal the whole movie is just virtue signaling like there's so much virtue signaling in this movie like it just non-stop virtue signaling and yet they make fun of liberal and leftist virtue signaling because you know reasons the men then decide then decide that they're also going to do other sports and this is where the movie really started to make me go what the fuck because the sports they do there's a montage of them doing other sports and i have several problems with this montage of them doing other sports one of which is this montage really reveals the reality of the movie which is that the men are never good at the sports they just literally use physical violence to win like all the time like every montage is just them using their physical size and strength to push women around repeatedly. In fact, there's a there's a sequence where a guy does a rest like d- goes to wrestle a woman and he does a one arm choke slam to her, which I don't I don't know if that's legal in Greco Roman wrestling, and I'm pretty goddamn certain that an elbow drop is not legal in rec in in uh in greco wrestling greco roman wrestling pretty certain it's not but like throughout the movie you just see them winning via what appear to be illegal moves every single time and it's kind of like i feel like someone would have called foul in these basketball games i feel like someone would have called foul i feel like someone because what i'm watching and i could have a what i mean some of them are just them bumping into each other and women just being sent flying but some of them it's definitely like i feel like someone would get a foul i feel like they'd be calling tons of fouls and then the wrestling moves and it's like it just legitimately doesn't make sense oh this this montage also features cameos from what's her face you know that that one see if i can find her in the cast list but you know the one dumb bitch who who sued when she when she tied for fourth with leah thomas i want to say her name is riley Gaines, but i could be wrong i have i have dumb bitch blindness <clears throat> sorry to the women who take offense to me just using the word bitch i'm sorry it's too phonetically pleasing and I've been around too many women who use the word. I've had too many female friends who use the word in a affectionate, fun way. 
I, so I'm sorry. I can't. I won't. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe I'll become a better person in a few years. We'll see. But I do have, but I do have uh, dumb bitch blindness. So maybe it's Riley Gaines. Maybe it's not. But she's barely in the movie. And this is actually another thing. The cameos are trash. <laughs> the cameos in this movie, like this movie can't even do cameos right. Like half these cameos are not even given lines. And the Ted Cruz cameo is kind of like, yeah, you could have cut that completely out of the movie. I don't think anyone would give a shit. It's just Ted Cruz trying to sit down next to the angry mom character and she's staring at him. He's like, and you know, I'll, I'll go find a different chair. And it's like, you don't need it. You know, who, who, who's going to pop for Ted Cruz? If you pop for Ted Cruz, legitimately, you're a loser. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, he's a bitch. Ted Cruz is a bitch. There, I just apologize. Now I'm saying bitch a bunch more. But Ted Cruz is a bitch. That's just a fact. He let he let Donald Trump insult his wife, and then he still sucked Donald Trump's dick, metaphorically, I assume. Oh, I also I haven't mentioned this. But uh, Brett Cooper and Michael Knowles are in the movie. And now that I've heard the thing about beach ball, this kind of makes sense. They're the attempts at being the beach, the like dodgeball announcers, but like they're never in the courts. They're always on television, which is, oh, no, that's not true. Later in the, later in the movie, they're on the courts, but in the, in the beginning, they're always on TV and they, they just suck. <laughs> they are bad actors. Brett, if, oh my God, Brett Cooper star in there. <laughs> in their snow white movie oh my god that movie's gonna be so bad i'm gonna have to legally watch that one too uh but brett cooper and michael knowles do this uh gag bit thing where like the idea is they find out about their um minor minor amounts of dna from from ethnic groups like brett cooper like comes in with cornrows and 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 like African stuff later because she's some percent some minute percentage black, and Michael Knowles is some ridiculous like fraction of a fraction of a fraction Native American, and now they've both made it their whole personality, which is not a bad idea for a bit, but like South Park did this better and funnier a long time ago. Like that's that's a serious problem with conservative comedy is that like the closest thing to good conservative comedy that's ever existed as far as I'm aware is South Park and South Park doesn't even consider themselves conservative comedy. Like that's what's interesting. <clears throat> oh, but back to this stupid fucking montage because the part the part that threw me off in this montage the most is there's a part where it goes to Felix now going by Shelix who had now has a vlog where they talk about being now that being a girl now and and in the vlog and it made sense like in the, it's in the trailer too and in the trailer like you're like okay that can it doesn't it doesn't flip your what the fuck radar because it's in the trailer and it's isolated with no context but it happens in the middle of this fucking montage and he specifically says it's his first day of being a girl but how is that possible we literally just saw you play a basketball game. Is all of this montage happening on the same fucking day? Jesus Christ. Take a writing class. Like, how did that, how did that get through the editing process? 
Like, how did that get through the script editing process? Oh, oh, because there probably wasn't one. There probably wasn't one. Fucking Jeremy, fucking Jeremy Boring probably just wrote it in a day and was like, yeah, it's genius. I'm a genius. And he patted himself on his tiny back because that's another thing is the movie makes him look short as fuck. Like there are only some shots where you can tell that Felix is shorter than him. But like through loves of the movie, it's like, oh, that dude's short as fuck. Nothing wrong with being short. I'm five, six. I'm just saying he's not doing himself any favors with the way he shot the movie. And of course, the movie uses the trans age straw man scene where Shelix goes to and plays in a what appears to be middle school t-ball game. Like, okay, first of all, the girls look too old to be playing t-ball. I'm not going to lie. I don't know. I've seen t-ball and it is the worst sporting experience you can have. Like it is redonkulously sad to watch t-ball. But basically he hits the ball and it just slams into this girl who's pitching. Actually, why do they even have a pitcher in t-ball? Wait a minute. Does t-ball feature a pitcher? Why would you? Why is that girl on the mound? Oh, to get hit with a ball. I honestly don't remember when I, one of my kids played T-ball briefly and it's, it's terrible. Uh, but uh, I do not remember if they had a, a pitcher or not. I don't know why they would. I, I don't, I don't know why anyone would, but uh, the T-ball thing is involved with the trans age straw man. Of course, the trans age being a classic straw man because age and gender are not remotely the same like throughout the movie like women's injuries are just constantly ignored like it's just like it didn't happen and it's like no this would this would affect the game in some way like there'd be fouls or disqualifications but like the idea that them being trans is just like this infinite shield of protection from all criticism what the fuck are you talking about that's not that's not what's happening in real life one note I wrote here was, oh my God, stop straw manning long enough to tell a joke, please. Like, honestly, I, I, I there's a number of points in the movie where you're just like, does the movie understand sports? Like, do the people who wrote this movie even watch sports? Somehow we get to day three. I, I don't even know how, like, Oh, and there's also a bunch of stuff with his wife and... Oh, I know, I haven't got that yet. Never mind, hold on. His wife is the only person who sees through it, sees through all of it, although she doesn't say anything um, until a good portion into the movie. <laughs> there's a pivotal moment in the scene, in the movie, that makes zero sense, which is where his daughter comes to him, the coach's daughter comes to him, and is like, tells him she wants to be a boy. And like, he's automatically concerned. And he's like, why? And she proceeds to go on this thing, a tangent, will you, have you, about how boys are better than girls at everything. And then she lists a bunch of stuff, regardless of the accomplishments of women scientists and athletes throughout time. And, and her dad responds by essentially just going through the tradcon list of every feminine gender stereotype that a woman should have. You're more empathetic. You're more 
You're better at community building. You're better at blah, 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 blah. Oh, you make babies. And it's like, really? Not only that, but it also doesn't make sense. If the girl believes that their trans identities are valid, then that means that women do win. So it doesn't make sense for her character to suddenly believe that women suck. Because clearly women can do things as good as men. It is the type of logical inconsistencies throughout the movie that don't make sense. Like, and, and the thing is, it, it's just, it's not funny enough to be airplane. But I'll get back to that. Like, this whole scene with the girl is just blatant tradcon virtue signaling. And it's meant to be a coming to whatever moment for him. And he goes out and he gets into a fight with his wife. And the daughter sees it. And, of course, Chris, played by Matt Walsh, is like tries to be comforting to her in his weird way. Oh, my God. I totally forgot about the, the rapist. He's not... He never rapes anybody, but there's an implication that he would. There's a guy who constantly pops up throughout the movie to say how much. Like he's trying to proposition them as uh, transgender prostitutes. Um, and there's a scene that vaguely implies that he may or may not have had sex with Matt Walsh. Uh, we don't know, because the scene just ends awkwardly with them standing together. But... Yeah, it, it really feels like the part that it, it's weird. They couldn't have hired Rob Schneider to be in this movie. Like, seriously, there are there are like professional conservative comedians out there in the world right now that you could have gotten to be in this movie and you did not. We'll come back to that. We'll come back to that. But anyways, it goes on and they go to the final match. And in the final match for the game, for the, uh, for this, for to be in the, not the Olympics global games, they show up to play and lo and behold, they're all on the verge of doing quote unquote, the right thing. They never do the right thing. And no point in it does anyone do the right thing in this movie. There is technically no point at which anyone does the right thing. Continuing. To find to discover that at the very last minute, the the other team has done a full substitution of their female players. And I'm using female here on purpose for a bunch of young black guys identifying as women. And no, I don't think any of these characters in this movie are trans. The possible exception of Alex, but we'll get to that in a minute. So yeah, they have to fight their final game against other men. Not just other men, though, as the movie is wants us to understand. Young black men who would destroy any middle-aged white guy. Biological essentialism is akin to eugenics, everybody. Never forget that. So... But I've been waiting for this moment because I need to talk about this moment because this moment is shows like how cowardly the movie really is. So earlier in the movie, when they're fighting the women's basketball team, 
they're having the montage because all the events are montages that have no real sense of movement, direction, or even the ability to let you know who is winning or losing. Previously had that montage where they're like knocking women over and whatnot. Four, four, four times I counted and I could have missed one. Four times in the montage where they're playing against the women do men's penises through their shorts collide with women's faces four times. And then we go to this montage that is almost a clever bit where essentially it is an inversion of that montage, but now it's them being beaten by the black men. And they both montages feature these sequence where like they're getting hit in the face with basketballs, like actual basketballs. However, not once that I counted in the montage do any black men's dongs make contact with any white men's faces through their shorts. They didn't have the balls to do it. A movie that claims to be triggering was afraid to do that shot. You fucking bitch-ass pussies. Now, maybe I missed one, but I think I noticed four in the women's montage, and I didn't see a s white supremacist you have ruined making the zero. I've, I've seen it's a zero. God damn it. I saw zero fucking, zero fucking versions of that shot. Zero? No, that's just as bad. God damn it. That's the cop. That's like the, like, it's toothless. The movie is toothless. Like it's relying entirely on the single premise concept to be triggering. I don't actually think the movie understands how incredibly misogynistic it is because it is. The entire movie just shitting on women's sports just from beginning to end. One of the, le one of the almost most coherent moments is a part where uh, the journalist points out the conservatives don't Google data. Miss you, it brings up the word transhumanism but doesn't have the balls to call out the biggest transhumanist currently walk walking around, which is Elon Musk. And then there's the scene where Alex comes out as trans to Rob. And like this scene is basically just Rob invalidating Alex as being trans. This would make Alex the closest thing to a trans character in the movie. And what do they do with it? They tell him he's not. They invalidate it. They say he's just confused. And then they move on. They never tie it up. They never address it again. How does he prove to him that he's a man? Oh, he needs him in the balls. Which doesn't take into account what being trans is. Yeah, trans people are going to have balls. Trans women are going to have balls before they have... If they don't, if they don't, or if they have not yet had a surgery. This stupid argument makes it seem like, you know, they'd be men just by removing their balls. That, I mean, women just by removing their balls. It's, it's the type of non-thinking, non-understanding, non-contextualizing you would expect to find. But then we come to the ending. So how do they solve the thing 
do they come clean and say that they were just posing as women and abusing the idea of trans women to essentially disadvantage both women and trans women? No, of course not. They replaced their whole team with a children's basketball team. Mid-game. They bring in the coach's daughter and her basketball friends and uh, the little girls, and they play a game against them. And the thing that doesn't make sense, and this is, this is just an example of fucking A, why they're pussies, and B, why the sports scenes are trash. They have a mon- they have a, they proceed to have a montage that appears to be entirely the black guys succumbing to cute children and helping the cute children play basketball. And then it cuts to the news reporter guys at the end, where they say that the children were beaten like over 400 points to like 17. Which means which which means either they got the 400 something points against the men. Or they got the 400 something points against the little girls and it's not clarified so the joke is not clear but also this feels a lot like they did a weak watered down version of the south park episode about peewee hockey now i don't know if you've seen that movie i don't know if you've seen that episode that is making fun of sports movies a lot better than this one but it features a sequence where a bunch of like kindergarten age peewee hockey players end up facing the red wings and the red wings just fucking dominate them just like throw them around hit them knock them to the ground like it's brutal and one of the most uncomfortable sequences in any south park episode but south park had the balls to commit south park was this show this movie can't commit It wants you to see, oh, the cute scene. But then it also wants you, they got destroyed. They want to have it both ways. What a feckless movie. Like, so much of the sports, like, like, a lot of what happens in the sports in this this movie makes Air Bud seem reasonable by comparison. And then the movie slowly closes itself down. The family's back together. He's back with his wife. I'm skipping over a bunch of stupid shit that doesn't even matter, and I don't, I don't fucking care about it at this point. I'm, t- I'm almost tired of talking about this movie at this point. But I have to talk about the end here. So the ending comes around, and they fucking... They're all at the new grand opening or whatever for the used car sales owned by the by the cranes oh by the way there's a bit in the movie where they both knock up the same girl at the same time which is almost a joke um like their entire characters are just setups for that so one-dimensional uh two-dimensional actually i'll get to that in a minute um but and there's a line about felix saying he's probably going to sell the car thing outright in a few years because he's bought it and he hates the cranes because he should hate the cranes although he acts like they're his friends i don't know it doesn't make sense but then it cuts to the stupidest cameo in the movie, Candace Owens. Because then at the end, by the way, it ties up. There's so many things the movie doesn't remotely tie up. Like, not at all. Doesn't even address. But, I, but anyways, at the end here, we get Candace Owens uh, hanging out in a car with Matt Walsh. 
watching everything through binoculars. And then Matt Walsh takes off his ponytail wig. And oh my God, it was Matt Walsh all along. Ah, and then it's implied that Matt Walsh did all of, essentially it's implied that Matt Walsh orchestrated the whole thing to get this family back together. Which is weird because it means he was banging that guy's ex-wife for a considerable period of time before this plan even went into motion. That's a weird cameo, Matt. I hope I hope everyone understands that like your cameo in a movie was just being a adulterer. You Catholic neurodiverse dumbass. Oh my god. I'm sorry, I shouldn't use neurodiverse like that, especially since I'm wait, I'm neurodiverse. Can I get away with that? I'm sorry. I only bring it up because Matt Walsh is clearly neurodiverse and he will not get diagnosed. Get your ass diagnosed, Matt Walsh. Maybe then you can stop being such an insufferable pain in the ass. Okay, but yeah, no, remember that. Uh, he, uh, he's a big adulterer. The implication he's a big adulterer because if he's Matt Walsh, then that means he's married. And it means that Matt Walsh was having sex with this woman to get her back together with her husband. So Matt Walsh gets to have his cake and eat it too is what it sounds like. Weird, weird role, Matt. Weird role. Did anyone pre-read this script? Anyone at all? Was there any editing process to the script? No? None? Okay. So when it comes right down to it, here's the problem. The movie doesn't actually know what kind of comedy it is. It, at times, aims for satire and fails because satire is based on truth and this movie is based on a lie. It sometimes aims for farce or parody like Mel Brooks or the Zuckers with their airplane movies. But it can't hit the comedic speed of those movies. It, it, it also, Mel Brooks movies are coherent, just to point that out. Mel Brooks movies actually tell stories and are coherent. So you're not as coherent or good at storytelling as Mel Brooks's movies, but you're also not as funny. And you're just not as, you're not fast or quick enough to be Airplane. Airplane throws miles of jokes at us. This movie should have had like 99% more jokes to even get to a 10th of Airplane's strength. And it doesn't. Not at any point. It's not, I mean, hell, Dodgeball has more jokes, has more bits, has more character bits, more interesting character bits. I'm surprised they didn't rip off the pirate bit. At the end of the day, honestly, comedy-wise, what it feels most like are Adam Sandler movies. Except that Adam Sandler, who is also a conservative, like, except that Adam Sandler movie, who is a conservative, by the way, and is able to make comedies where he's not just constantly pushing conservative virtue signals down the audience's throats. I don't like Adam Sandler's movies. I, I do not like 90% of Adam Sandler's movies. I genuinely hate them. Not an Adam Sandler fan. But I can understand what Adam Sandler is doing. And I can see Adam Sandler's movies and be like, yes, this is the target. 
This is the audience. This is who it's for. And at least Adam Sandler has a bunch of C-list comedians who he's good friends with to back him up in these movies. This movie does not have that. I called them C-list, but they're all professionals, with the exception of Steve Buscemi, who is A-tier. All of Adam Sandler's friends are lame, hack people, the exception of, also the exception of Chris Rock, who is just getting old now. But they're at least professionals who know comedy. This movie does not have that. And that's weird because there are, you, you couldn't hire any conservative comedians to be in this. You, you couldn't get Rob Schneider even who admittedly is the weakest link of the Adam Sandler chain. You, you couldn't, you couldn't get, hell, you, could, you couldn't get Kelsey, you couldn't get Kelsey Grammer, who's very talented, could have elevated your movie even a little bit. You could have gotten no Kevin Sorbo, no, no Jim Brewer, not even a Roseanne cameo. Like, no, Roseanne is, Roseanne's not funny anymore, let's be honest. No one in this movie is talented enough at comedy to carry the film, especially not Jeremy Boring, who is doing his best to be a uh, Will Ferrell-type character, except he doesn't have the manic energy to pull off Will Ferrell's absurdism. He doesn't, he can't even reach Vince Vaughn's Fuck, Vince Vaughn's a Republican. You didn't try to get Vince Vaughn in the movie? Luke, Owen Wilson's a Republican. You couldn't get Owen Wilson in the movie? There are funny Republicans, is my point. And you had none of them in this movie. Truth is that this movie doesn't know what it wants to be. It doesn't understand comedy. And it debatably doesn't understand sports. And at the end of the day, when you break it down, it's based on a lie. You can't just say, I'm a woman and get in. That's not how anything works. At the end of the day, it's just sad propaganda masquerading as a bad comedy. It's a movie that claims to be triggering and offensive, but it can barely even accomplish that because it wants to maintain itself within this line of being only specifically offensive in, this, in these two key ways. It doesn't have the balls to be offensive in any other way besides, oh, trans people shouldn't play sports or women's sports are trash. It just doesn't have the balls to go for it. And nothing says it more than the scene where they bleep out Ben Shapiro saying the F word. Who are you triggering? Who are you going for? Your movie is soft, flaccid. Yeah. Like an unaroused penis. You're not triggering. You're barely even trying. You're bad at what you do. And I hope you learn to be better or even better. Do something else. And you see, the whole thing is based on this concept. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we shouldn't put safety into consideration in terms of 
bringing trans people into sports. But the reality is, is that there is no, there is no epidemic of trans people dominating sports. It's just not a real thing. Trans people have been allowed to participate in the Olympics since 2004. And so far, only one trans athlete has ever got a gold medal. And they were a non-binary person who was AFAB on a women's soccer team. And then you have, of course, Leah Thomas, a trans athlete who is specifically made fun of in the movie. But Leah Thomas doesn't hold a single world record. All the world records in her events are held by cis women. Leah Thomas has lost to cis women. The movie doesn't even understand how to make a solid comedic conceit because it assumes that the premise alone is good enough as a joke. It assumes that its audience will see that and go, ha ha, that's true. But it doesn't even understand the comedy, comedic conceits of the movies it's ripping off. Like the episode of South Park where Cartman tries to rig the Special Olympics or the movie The Ringer where Johnny Knoxville tries to rig the Special Olympics. Both of them by pretending to be people with special needs. But those movies understood a comedic conceit. The people doing the bad thing should be the people we're laughing at. But it wants us to laugh at society, not these people. And it can't figure out how to get us to do that properly if you don't already agree with what the movie's saying. Because you see, South Park understood that it's only funny if Cartman loses horrifically. And the movie understood that it was only funny if Johnny Knoxville lost. Now in The Ringer, Johnny Knoxville is found out by all the people with disabilities but they want him to win to beat this other guy who they think is a jerk, even though he actually has disabilities. It's actually not that bad of a movie, to be honest. But both these movies understood that they couldn't be allowed to win. And there's another thing. At the end of the movie, they don't do the right thing. They don't come clean. They just distract us with cute kids. There's no comeuppance for anyone. There's no consequence. There's barely consequences. In fact, the consequences are good. He gets back together with his wife. And the negative consequences of what they did to the negative consequences of what they did to women's sports continue. No one outs the black team. The thing that surprised me most about the movie is that despite all its trad con messaging, there is one thing that is suspiciously and strangely absent from the entire thing. Christian values. Yeah, no, they say that abortion is bad, but fun statistical weird fact, a person being labeled as Republican is more likely to tell you whether or not they're pro-life than if they are Christian, statistically in the United States. I don't know if that means that there are way more Christians that are now pro-choice, or if it just means that there is a ton of libertarian atheists out there saying that they are pro-life, or more most likely a little of column A and of column B. But the fact of the matter is, is that being anti-abortion is now more a Republican value than a Christian one, statistically. But also, there's no praying, 
There's no Jesus. There's barely even any jokes about how hard people are on Christians. It, there may have been one or two, but I, I missed them. And also, none of the characters embrace Christian values at all. The cranes are man whores. Tyler is all too ready to cut off his penis to please other men. David Cohn is a apparent kidnapper and murderer. And Jeremy, kind of scummy throughout the movie. He cheats, he lies, he steals. So that's just a surprising, weird thing about the movie. So yeah, no, Lady Ballers is bad. Lady Ballers is real bad. So yes, thank you for listening to Ruben Uncut and my thoughts on Lady Ballers. Please um, follow on Spotify and like and subscribe and ring that bell on YouTube. Or follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast, if you're listening to it in podcast form. You can also contact my podcast by emailing me at rubenuncut at gmail.com. Thank you. Have a wonderful whatever, wherever you are.